Alright, let's pray. Father God, may my words be your words. May you help us understand what you're trying to say to us today, Lord. May our hearts be open to listening and hearing from you. And may we take something away that we can grab hold of and make our own today. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. It all starts with love. Falling in love. It's so exciting when we first fall in love with that special someone. The joy we feel in their presence and we just want to spend as much time as we can with them and do whatever we can to please them and make them happy. I know for a lot of us that might have been a while ago now, but (laughs) I can still remember when I was dating Sharon and I couldn't wait to meet her and spend time with her. I made every effort to spend as much time with her as I could. I love finding out and hearing more about her and learning what she thought about things and what she believed. Being with her brought me joy and I really look forward to the future we would hold together as a couple. It's true to say she became my heart's desire and my love for her made her a central part of my life. When we love someone, there's a desire that develops and rises up within us that drives our hunger to want to find out more about them. Not just what they do, but what's important to them, what makes them tick, what they believe, what they enjoy, what pleases them. We want to know everything about them, where they came from, their family, and why they are the way they are. And if they feel the same way about us too. The more things that we like about the other person, And the better they make us feel, the more connected we become and the closer we grow together. As we become more committed to each other and our relationship grows, we make more formalised decisions. We introduce each other as my boyfriend and girlfriend, then maybe fiancé. And when we're married, our husband and wife, where we decide to live together under God for the rest of our lives. This requires us to leave our birth family and start a new family together with God. Although our initial excitement of discovering each other often fades with time, in healthy relationships this is usually replaced by a deeper level of love as we decide to love each other despite the other person's flaws and failings. This leads to a loving growth that provides stability comfort and security because we can trust and rely on each other's love, care and commitment to one another as we continue to build our relationship and our family. As this continues, our relationship matures. We become more in sync with one another and can even know and understand what the other is thinking and feeling. I remember when I was young, um, a pastor who just visited one of the older couples in our church and I could see, you know, he was really excited and just said, oh, you know, they're just such a wonderful couple, full of the love of God. And, you know, I was just talking to them and all of a sudden he just said, oh, I'm, I'm grabbing a cup of tea for whatever, I can't remember their names now, his wife, and um, would you like one too? He said, oh, is this when you normally have your cup of tea? And he said, oh, no, I just know she, she'd like one now. 
He just knew. She wanted a cup of tea. Our lives can flow together as one. So why am I telling you this? Because I want us to understand that any successful relationship is based on love. And when we truly love someone, we follow an undeniable pattern of behaviour. So what's this pattern? Go to the next slide, next page. It all starts with love. So love is the foundation and the springboard from which the others follow one from. Because when we love someone, as we were talking about in my introduction, we develop a hunger and a passion to want to know them more when we really love someone. We want to put that time and effort in to get to know them. And the more we get to know them, our relationship grows. And then, if we continue to live in love, we live in the flow. So if we use this to talk about God, when we realise how much God loves us and what he's done for us, we respond to him in love. And if we really love him, then we want to find out more. We want to get to know him more. Our relationship grows and we flow, move in the flow of his Holy Spirit. So, if we look at a, a Christian journey, initially there is the love and excitement when we first give our lives to Christ, when we realise how much we've been forgiven and set free to be with him, which leads to a desire and a hunger to want to get to know and understand him more, which leads to growth of both who we are and what we do and how we do it. The greater our love, the greater our hunger to be with him. And Jesus said, those who are forgiven much will love much. So you might remember the story of uh, when Simon the Pharisee invited Jesus to um, come and have dinner at his lunch and someone that was known as a, a lady that was known as an immoral woman came and washed his feet with perfume uh, 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 sorry washed his feet with her tears and dried his feet with her hair but Simon on the other hand hadn't provided water for his feet hadn't anointed him with oil she anointed him with the extremely expensive perfume and Jesus compared the two of them and said, she has been forgiven much, or probably to be more accurate, she realised how much she'd been forgiven. Whereas Simon didn't think he needed to be given, he forgiven because he thought he was already righteous with God, which is why he didn't love as much. But when we spend time with someone and we grow in that um, and when that person is Jesus we grow in our character and our relationship with God the more easily we learn to understand God and what he's saying to us this leads to a natural flow with the Holy Spirit that develops within us as he reveals his will to us through his word and his spirit and there's no place we would rather be 
then our obedience to even the most difficult things becomes possible. So my aim is to help us rekindle the fire of our love for God so that it blazes with a hunger and desire to want to know him more, grow more like him and have the confidence to move in the flow of his spirit. Let me just say that again. So my aim and our leadership team is to help us kindle the fire of our love for God so that it blazes with a hunger and desire to want to know him more, grow more like him and have the confidence to move in the flow of his spirit. In Matthew 22, the Pharisees asked Jesus, Teacher, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? Jesus replied, You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important. Love your neighbour as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. So what is Jesus saying here? God wants us to start with love, to love God with everything that we have in our whole being and to love others as if they are ourselves. And this sums up what the entire law of God and the teachings of the prophets are based on. To love God with everything we have and love our neighbour as if they are us. Jesus lived his whole life this way from start to finish. And when we get to know him, he will help us live this way too. Worldly love is often in response to other people's love. So if we don't get anything from someone else, then we don't give them anything. But Romans 5.8 tells us Jesus loved us first. It says, but God showed his great love for us by sending us Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. So he didn't wait till we responded to him to love us. And he showed us that true love is to put our lives aside for the sake of others and he encourages us to do the same in the new commandment he gives us in John 13. So now I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other just as I have loved you. You should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. So how we love each other will show others that God is alive and working in our lives. He also provided the way and help we need through his Holy Spirit whom he has sent to live in us. In John 14, he goes on to say, If you love me, obey my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit and leads into all truth. Those who accept my commandments and obey them are the ones who love me. And because they love me, my Father will love them. And I will love them and reveal myself to them. When we love God, he will send his Holy Spirit to help us want to obey his commandments 
and reveals himself to us because he loves and cares for us. Now, I believe our church is full of people who do love God and that is really exciting and fills my heart with gladness. But do we love God with all our heart, mind, soul and strength? In other words, with everything we've got. It is only when we love God with the deepest hunger, passion and the fire within that we are prepared to surrender control of our lives to God and want to know, learn and understand everything about him and what he requires from us. So what does this mean? Well, when you commit your whole life to God and his ways, it's because you love and believe in him and what he's doing. You are devoted to serving him and his cause and you just want to throw your whole life into serving him. So unless we develop a deep love and hunger for God, we won't have the desire to want to know him, know more about him and develop a relationship with him to enable us to grow in his love, live in the flow of his spirit. I believe this year God wants us to grow a passionate hunger for him and his ways so we can grow into the mature God, into the mature God-loving beacon of his hope, shining his love into this area and beyond. And in our earthly relationships, we usually reach a point where we've discovered most of what we want about <laughs> our partner or um, anyone that we know. But there's no end to discovering God. There's always new, new depths to discover of faith, hope, love, trust, belief, knowledge, wisdom, skills, character, development, obedience, and so much more. We're really only just scratching the surface of getting to know God in this life. But speaking of knowing God, I want us to know that there's a difference between knowing about God and knowing Him personally and having a real relationship with Him. As we've said, when we love someone, we want to know more about them. Conversely, conversely, if you don't know much about someone, how much can you really love them? We really do want to find out the truth about them. So how do we get to know God? I mean, there's all the, the typical things that we talk about, quality time, prayer. God wants us to pour our heart out to him and listen to him. We can read all about what he's done and who he is and what he cares about in his word, the Bible. And of course, we look to Jesus. And Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. He revealed who God is and what he's done. And through the Holy Spirit, he reveals the will and way of the Father. We have the wisdom of our elders. Mature Christians who can di disciple us, mentor us, and give us wise counsel and advice. But we will struggle to do these things if we don't have the hunger to want to know God more, go deeper, which is why we start with his love. To grow and feed our hunger for more of him. As I said before, just knowing God isn't enough. Even the devil knows all about God just so he can pervert his plans. 
We can know all about someone but not actually know them personally. For example, we can read someone's autobiography and know all about their life, what they've done, what they believe and their thoughts about various things, which can be quite inspirational, but that doesn't mean we know them personally or have a relationship with them. These days, some celebrities or famous people on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, the news, media stories, goes on and on. People can become quite a part of our everyday lives, but we still don't know them personally or have a relationship with them like their family or their closest friends would. These people nonetheless can still touch and influence most of us, even though we don't have a direct relationship with them. This can be seen in the outpouring of grief by so many people at the deaths of some famous people, like Princess Diana, Queen Elizabeth, Martin Luther King, Nelson Mandela, others. Might be someone that you have in your mind that meant a lot to you. But nevertheless, these are not people we love the most, or are the closest with. Usually that's our spouse or our parents and children, in other words, our families and friends. So the question is what sort of a relationship do we have with God? Let's look at the difference between Jesus and the Pharisees. The Pharisees, scribes and religious leaders of the law who confronted Jesus knew everything in the scriptures about God. They knew what the words said but did not understand who God really was and what he truly desires. Jesus told them, I desire mercy, not sacrifice. But they didn't want to understand this revelation because they thought they were so right under the law and knew it all. They in effect thought they could achieve their way into heaven because they genuinely thought they were keeping the law. But Jesus showed them the depth of their sin. That just because you look fine on the outside, God really knows what's happening on the inside, in your heart, which is where all the wrong desires come from. He talks about that in Mark 7. Jesus was distressed by how hard their hearts were, like when they accused him of breaking the law by working on the Sabbath, when he healed a man's hand on the Sabbath. They had forgotten the reason the laws had been given, which was for our benefit and to help us which is why he said to them, is it lawful to do good on the Sabbath or is it a day for evil? To ignore someone's distress and predicament is the real sin, not healing someone on the Sabbath. The Pharisees and religious leaders had their focus on keeping religious rules and regulations, not on knowing God and finding out who he is and what he really desires from us. Jesus' harshest criticisms were reserved for them because they knew all the scriptures but didn't know God or why he'd given them. Jesus called them a brood of vipers, whitewashed tombs that look nice on the outside but are full of dead bones and death on the inside. Blind guides, you follow your father the devil who was a murderer from the beginning. Wow! Do you think Jesus was worried about offending them? No way! Why was he so harsh on them? Because they had encountered the living God and accused him of working on behalf of Satan. And much worse, they were leading many people in the nation of Israel straight to hell. So when someone tells you all you need to know is the word of God, usually referring to the Bible, tell them, no, that's not enough. It's a great start, 
But we all need to know the living word of God. And that is who we are all about here at Living Word Macclesfield. Because Jesus is the living word. He's alive. He's right here. He's helping us worship him in spirit and in truth. And because he's alive and here with us, we can have a real relationship with him through his Holy Spirit who lives within us and manifests his presence among us as we gather together. God helps us to understand and discern his wisdom and truth through his spirit and his word to make sure we're following the narrow path of Jesus. This isn't easy. But we can do this if we allow ourselves to become fully surrendered to God. So just knowing about someone is not the same as knowing them personally. Being in a real relationship where you share your life with them. With God, he desires a relationship that is even beyond our spouses where nothing is hidden. Everything is shared with him. Our whole life, including our thoughts, desires, dreams, struggles. And we surrender our will and our way in obedience to his will and his way to grow more mature and more like Jesus. This means devotion to God and becoming more Christ-like in our thoughts and actions. To allow ourselves to grow is to allow ourselves to be moulded and shaped by his word and his spirit, as we've just said. It usually, sometimes it's, <laughs> it's not something we can even notice or take hold of, but in incremental steps we take over time as we learn to hear from God and understand how he communicates with us. Because there's so many ways he uses to get our attention and break through to us. An example of that for me was last Sunday, Vanessa shared, Vanessa Chant shared with us how God had changed her way of thinking regarding to swearing when she was young. And those words didn't even enter her thoughts anymore. Which brought to my attention, uh, that's one of my areas of weaknesses. When I started thinking about when I swore, I realised these days I usually swear at myself. Because something I'm doing isn't working how I want it, or I'm not happy or angry with myself, getting frustrated over something that I'm doing. When I started thinking about when I, <coughs> sorry, <coughs> I know Sharon had said to me before, why are you so impatient with yourself and so hard on yourself? You don't treat others that way, so why do you do it to yourself? When I put this to God, I realised I, I was setting myself impossibly high standards and setting myself up to fail. I've been unfairly burdening myself. I mean, it's good to aim high and stretch ourselves and challenge ourselves but we also need to be realistic realistic, and set ourselves achievable goals and targets I think it's also important to celebrate our achievements but also be realistic, realistic and acknowledge where we need improvement as well it's also good to remember to see ourselves through God's eyes because whether we succeed or fail God still sees and accepts me as his loved son. I don't have to worry or stress if I'm not perfect because Christ is in me and he is perfect. 
And when the Father looks at me, he sees Christ's righteousness, which he has given me. God is pleased with us when we endeavour to please him. Not as much what we do, but why we do it. He knows our heart, our attitude, our character, our integrity. Is Jesus being revealed in us to others? For example, Jesus blessed others without expecting anything in return and even blessed those who cursed him. On the cross, in the midst of his pain and anguish, he cried out to his father on behalf of his executioners, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Wow. When I consider this, I know I need to let God do a lot of more work in my life and with my attitudes. The path to Christian maturity is different for all of us, but there's little doubt you'll move faster the more you love and hunger after God and the things of God. We know God understands us, but the real challenge for us is to grasp what God is saying to us and what he wants from us. When we are living and moving with the flow of the Holy Spirit, this becomes clear to us. And we are confident to step out in faith no matter what the situation because we know God is with us and will provide whatever we need. Even if what God asks appears impossible to us, we know all things are possible for God and he will always deliver on his promises. But often, not in the way that we expect. This is why it's so important to stay in tune with the flow of the Spirit's leading to be open to where he is leading and what he's saying to us. I know as the call of God was growing stronger in my life, I've shared before, I asked God um, just for a word, Lord. And then Hans Bortman, who I hadn't met before, gave me a word to unplug from what I was doing. And God had something better that he wanted me to plug into. And here I am today. And uh, that doesn't mean I'm the best at what I'm doing or still have a lot to learn. And um, But I want to say yes to God and follow him and do what he wants from me. Because no matter what... What we have to go through or face, it's in this place of living and moving with the flow of the Holy Spirit that we truly experience the fulfilment of God's shalom, joy, peace and love. It all starts with love. But when we love God, our hunger for more of Him grows. We want to know Him more, our relationship, and develop our relationship with Him and grow to maturity so we can flow and move in his Holy Spirit so let me just say again when we develop a love for God with a hunger and passion for his presence and purposes to be fulfilled in our lives we get to know him and his purposes better we get to grow and become more like him and learn to live in and go with the flow of his Holy Spirit as we follow him in obedience to his will and way. 
how do we apply this in our life? Well, as we said at the beginning, it all starts with love. Living in God's love is the greatest. All must be done in God's love. Nothing worthwhile happens for God's kingdom without learning to love. To love God and love others like God does. And at the start of chapter 13 in 1 Corinthians, Paul, um, starting to talk about love, starts by saying we can do the most amazing things in the world, but if they are not done out of God's love, they will be of no benefit to us. We won't gain anything worthwhile for God without being motivated by his love. Before, before Paul starts talking about the love, at the end of chapter 12 he says, But now let me show you a way of life that is the best of all. And then he elaborates on what love looks like in action. And this is why this is used so much in weddings. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable and it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up never loses faith, is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. And as our earlier verse today, Matthew 22 teaches us, when we love God and love others, we fulfil the law. When you love someone, you want to do things that please them and act in a way that makes them happy with you. Or as we and the Americans have taught us to say, so that God is proud of us. Love leads to obedience. We want to learn to love like God loves, without expecting anything in return. As we said before, while, Christ, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He calls us to take up our cross daily and follow him, to cast off our petty dreams and desires and replace them with obedience and submission and reverence to the one who is the author of our lives. Living in a way that pleases him and authentically represents him to others and always giving him all the glory. So what does, God, what does love look like in action? In John 13, Jesus washes his disciples' feet. This was the last thing that he showed them before he went to the cross. He showed us how to be humble servants. That nothing was below him. He became a servant of all. When we love and hunger for God... We get to know him more deeply through our relationship with him, grow in maturity and more accurately represent him as we move in the flow of his Holy Spirit. Last line. Yes, it all starts with God's love and his love will never fail us, sustaining us until the very end. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.